Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Don't miss Leicester versus Nottingham Forest on Monday Night Football. Live only on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday until five. Remember, Football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen across the radio on your country and, the, and, in, and, and in your country in the radio. All these brilliant, like, you know, words that are jumbling up on News Talk. You can also watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTV Sports app. The Co Ramblers manager, Shane Keegan, in studio with me. How are you, Shane? Not too bad at all, Jenny. Yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. And we've got Johnny Ward coming on the line shortly, but also Willow Callahan in studio between now and five o'clock as well. The North London Derby, a win for Arsenal, 3-1 over Spurs. So the story of the game, Thomas Partey whipping the ball in from outside the box on 20 minutes to push the gutters in front. Harry Kane equalising from the spot before half-time. Then early in the second half, Lloris didn't clear Bukayo uh, Saka delivery into the box and Jesus beat Romero to it to make it 2-1. Then Emerson, a straight red card for a tackle on Martinelli and Granit Xhaka finished the game for Arsenal with that third goal. It means the Gunners are four points clear now at the top of the table over Spurs who've suffered their first defeat of the season. Spurs remain third. Manchester City are second. They play United in the Manchester Derby on off the ball tomorrow. When looking at Spurs' records going into the game, Shane, um, we're talking about a team that's won, what, twice since the Premier League began at the Emirates. They hadn't won there in 12 years. They got a poor record away at Chelsea as well. Arsenal were at them from the get-go. And it's obvious that Arsenal are different this season, but we're going to wait for them to maybe falter. But they haven't faltered. And you've got to give Arteta a lot of credit for that. The culture seems to be right there. It really feels that Arsenal are definitely going to be in the top four. And if City weren't so good, they'd be title contenders as well. Yeah, to be honest with you, John Scorling really didn't surprise me. Um, I, I, I just, I didn't, as a Spurs sport, I didn't fancy Spurs today. And that's down to less so the records that you've called out there, just more so down to what I've seen from both teams in the games that they've played so far. Like, I don't know if you'd agree, but for me, Spurs' results have been a lot better than Spurs' performances. Like, we've kind of stumbled over the line there in a couple of them. There's a lot of games this year where, you know, even even until Son came on the last day, I, I didn't know where, we, where, where Spurs were going to win that one. Like, it, it's... They've been grinding out a few results where obviously we're sitting off, we're playing quite compact in that and allowing opposition teams to have it. It's not the prettiest at times. and But I think supporters are happy enough so long as results stay coming. But I just wasn't overly convinced by our performances so far this season. Whereas... I'd flip that completely for Arsenal. They've been so, so good. Even the game me. they lost to United, they were yeah. arguably unfortunate oh, to lose. They just got caught on the break a couple oh, of times. Look, my my, my favourite, the old XG, like they, they, they hammered United on the XG in that game. As so so what has changed? Is it Jesus, Sinchenko, is it getting rid of Obama Yang? Because it just seems that they have the system, the 4-2-3-1, and Jesus with his fifth goal of the Premier League season has been, like he's been the best player since, apart from Haaland in the league. He's been outstanding. He really, really has. And it's, uh, look, who am I or you or anybody to question Pep? But uh, look, all problems are solved at City now with Haaland's arrival. But I, I always found his use of, of, of Jesus quite strange. I really, really did. He wouldn't start him when he did start him. I mean, almost always last season started him out on the right wing. And this was a team that for me were crying out for a number nine. He's been given that kind of number nine role now at, at Arsenal. And he's been he's been absolutely brilliant. He really, really has. He's, like It's more than just goals. You know, you know, right, goals alone are a huge, huge help. So there, but it's more than just goals. His all-round performances, his link play, his work off the ball... 
you know, if it wasn't for Haaland, I would say he has been the best player in the Premier League so far this season. Haaland is probably the only one ahead of him. Um, he's relishing it. Yeah, as you say, Zinchenko has been a, a huge, huge help. And to be fair to Arteta, it's just... It, it just looks like a team that's been evolving over the last few years and is continue to, continuing to evolve under him and is starting to reach a kind of a, a peak level. Um, and look, next weekend again, another another huge one for them. Um, but they're looking very, very good. As you say, it's just a pity for them that City look unstoppable. Brighton have scored at Anfield. So it's Liverpool nil. Brighton won Leandro Trossar on the mark mm-hmm. at Anfield. That's a, an interesting development. Obviously, the new manager's in there now. Uh, Deserbi at... Uh, the Amex and they're playing away from home today that's the only goal in the three o'clock kickoffs and we have goal in the championship as well West Brom nil Swansea won that's not what Jurgen Klopp would have wanted no no definitely not uh, I was listening to him on the on, the, on your show John as I was driving up you were playing the, the comments that he made around Trent Alexander-Arnold I found those interesting um, we'll get to that in a second yeah. just, just on Spurs Emerson's a liability in my mind just got sent off today you'd have to think for Matt Doherty well there's a suspension aspect obviously but this is a chance now for Matt Doherty to get into that team and, and stay in the team yeah, I really, really hope it is. Uh, I just, I just hope he doesn't switch Perisic across to the right, um, as he has play done. Play on the left and play Sessegnon on the left. He has done that in a previous game where they did take, um, where they did take Emerson Royal off. So I, 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 I wouldn't be a hundred percent that it's definitely an opportunity for, for Matt Doherty. I'd be a little bit fearful that. You know, you look at that goal we conceded against Scotland, and for me, that goal summed up why Conte doesn't pick Matt Doherty. What's the reason? Well, was, I, I it, was it not just a case of with Matt Doherty that he just wasn't Matt Sharp? Because he maybe, hadn't played this season? Maybe, maybe that's a fair call, yeah, maybe, hopefully so. I just, I would think, look, as we know, Conte doesn't suffer fools, and he, he quite simply won't pick a player that he doesn't trust defensively. No. Because he he's did picking trust, Emerson he, he, Well, he, But he trusted <laughs> Doherty towards the end of last season, so. There's a sign there that he that he was okay. Yeah, you'd really, really hope that he is going to get a run in it over the next while and that he will, you know, kind of remove any doubts that are in his head because, I mean, you know, there's one thing to be said, John, if he's up against a world beater in his position for, for that jersey, but Emerson Royale, I mean, I'm not convinced. I don't think you're convinced. I'd, I'd say most Spurs supporters would say they're not convinced. Um, to me, look, Matt Doherty isn't perfect and he has his flaws, but he, geez, he, he's better than him. I'd be picking him over him. I, I certainly would. So hopefully he gets a decent run now and manages to nail down that spot. So, in terms of Arsenal, where is the salient for them? Is it second? Is it is that what their realistic uh, ambition is? Are Arsenal going to Arsenal at some stage? Do they have a strong enough squad? They got the Europa League to worry about. Mm. When is the challenge going to come for them? Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't. I don't think they can go and win a, t- a title. I, I, I certainly don't think they can go and win a title. But I, I think second, third, most definitely is very, very achievable for them. And and I mean, they would have started the season and I suppose considered, you know, just Champions League qualification has been a successful season. So certainly anything above that is really, really good going. Are they going to do an Arsenal? I, I don't know. I don't think so, to be honest with you. I think they look... There's more strength in depth there. There seems to be a bit more belief. Like Partey is really stepping up that strike today from him. It was absolutely fantastic strike. Um, Did you see the documentary, The All or Nothing? No, I haven't done yet, actually. I saw the Spurs ones and the City ones, and I haven't seen the Arsenal one yet. Yeah, Have you? Yeah, no, I haven't. No, no. He's he, Supposedly, he comes across across quite impressively in it. Look, he is. He's he's an impressive guy, um, in fairness to him. So he is. I mean, it's amazing to think back that, 
when we when I was standing on the sideline across from him, he was probably two defeats away from the bullet at that stage. You know, back when we played them, um, he was under serious pressure heading into those games, and he looked like a guy. He had the body language of a guy who was under serious pressure back then. I remember this was at Dundalk. At yes. Yeah. Did you meet him afterwards? Yeah, yeah, briefly. Yeah, we, a glass of wine or what? No, no, no. Just uh, we didn't wasn't even in the dressing room or anything. It was just literally in the tunnel, just having a, a bit of a chat after it. Um, he was quite impressed by the fact that that we you know Dundalk tried to play football, um, and that seemed to kind of catch his eye a little bit he was also very impressed with, with Patrick McElhenney for Dundalk he just passed one or two comments on him um, kind of you know commented that that's a guy he felt could could play at a higher level and it was quite pre- quite impressed by that but um, no look it wasn't like we had a you know sit down and a share a glass of wine or anything just a couple of brief comments but I do you know like at, at one stage were we two all I think it was two all or we were certainly the game was kind of in the melting pot at one stage and he had sent Lacazette and Aubameyang and the bigger names to go and, and warm up you know because he had left obviously his stronger players on the bench against us but he couldn't afford to be not beaten Dundalk he was under so much pressure at that time um, now they, they kicked on and they got a couple more goals against us and beat us quite easily at the time but um, that seems a long long time ago now that seems a long long time ago now I'd say there's a huge amount of faith in him both in the boardroom in, in the terraces and most importantly in his dressing room at the moment Odzan Edward has scored for Crystal Palace against Chelsea 1-0 uh, for them at Sellers Park as I just see a, a flash on the screen there that um, Nathan Shalaba has been sent off for Fulham against uh, Newcastle at Craven Cottage that is goalless that is goalless between Bournemouth and Brentford as well and also goalless between Southampton and Everton Seamus Coleman in the Everton team today um, so yeah I mean uh, Martin Elliott once again impressing they seem to have really got that f- there's a trio behind Jesus yeah. Rice with Odegaard back in the team today Martinelli and Saka so that that was the name I was just about to bring up to you I think I've said it here again I'm probably beating the same drum I am so impressed with Odegaard I think he is I thought it really flew under the radar because they didn't have as successful a season as they would have wanted last year I think it flew under the radar just how good he was last year I thought he was Outstanding. I really thought he was outstanding. I would have had him named in, in the Premier League team of the year without a doubt last year. His movement and intelligence and his ability to to just be thinking ahead. Like he's he's probably in the the style of player that he is. In the Premier League, I think he's second only to Kevin De Bruyne. To be honest with you, I think his uh, his understanding of spatial awareness and decision in that position, uh, in that position, yeah. yeah, 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 that ability, that creative kind of final third role, um, and yeah, he like he's he is top notch, and then you have. You know, you have plenty of options, I suppose, in that final third around them because, you know, Smith Rowe isn't really hasn't really kicked the ball. But he's he's, he's got him. a surgery now, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even when even fit, he couldn't. You know, naturally enough, with Martinelli and, and Saka going so well, um, and they just yeah, they look a different. Now look, you look at it's it's not perfect yet, and it'll be hard for them to maintain quite that level of form over the rest of the season. But you know, even things like. Ben White at right back, you know that's that to me looked a strange one at the start, but is going very very well for them as well. Um, so yeah, look, they won't. You wouldn't be getting carried away with them, but they seem to have more to them than they they had in past years to me so far. Anyway, uh, these are always subject to VAR. But Callum Wilson has scored for Newcastle back in the team today for the Magpies at Fulham. So they're one nil up and Fulham down to ten men. Crystal Palace one, Chelsea nil, uh, Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil, Liverpool nil, Brighton one, Leander Trossard and Southampton nil, Everton nil. Half five kickoff: West Ham Wolves, Arsenal beating Spurs three one in the North London Derby Wigan are 1-0 up away to Rotherham I'll just open that up to see if McLean has scored or uh, Will Keane mm. <laughs> um, in the Championship so yeah we have Keane is playing and McLean is playing but uh, they've got the goal score yet to come up but they are leading and West Brom nil Swansea 1 and in Scotland have Celtic scored yet 
they have not Celtic nil Motherwell nil after 14 minutes of their game Rangers 4-0 winners away to Hearts earlier on uh, 5-3-1-6 will Arsenal success lead to Tony Adams winning Strictly Come Dancing well we'll have to wait and see won't we <laughs> um, uh, speaking about Derby games High Lads the real Northwest Derby Rochdale versus Berry sat through enough of them says John and we have High Lads in Ireland I think we all know we're going nowhere until we get two or three top Premiership players I don't see that quality coming through says Sean and refreshing to hear both managers there refusing to discuss red cards sick of managers being partisan and lying to or defend or criticise decisions great sound bites I'm sure but tiresome says Rory uh, praising Antonio Conte and Mikel Arteta in their interviews with BT after that game so what about these Ireland games against Glas in uh, Scotland uh, again in Glasgow at Hamden Park and then Armenia at home what is your top line feeling after what you've mm. seen from the Nations League campaign as a whole and also last week yeah it was a mixed bag wasn't it um, you know a hell of a lot to be very positive about um, in the Scotland game I mean your texter is just after saying Ireland are are going no, going to be going nowhere until they have a couple of Premier League players in their starting eleven. you know it just showed John whatever you know we could have a whole show about why Irish football has fallen so far behind but like to me or you surely it's not that long ago since we were on a par with Scotland you know we would have seen ourselves as well we qualified for the Euros over Scotland didn't we there you are and you know we would have seen all like historically over 2016 yeah historically over the last you know but even in the summer there was a comprehensive 3-0 win I know they had had the World Cup hangover but it was it was the best day of Stephen Kenny's reign that 3-0 win it was, but that was, to me, that was a case of us seriously punching above our weight. Like, if you write down the two 11s side by side, and as your texter has said, you know, how many Premier League players... How many Ireland players would get in the Scotland team? Collins would get in, you'd have to think, defensively. He would, he would. He would. Not too many more, I wouldn't have thought, to be honest with you, because they have Premier League players. They have Premier League players in, in almost every position. They really have, even their less hurled names. Like, I thought that... that um, I, would, I, did, I hadn't seen much of him before that guy Hickey at, at, at right back Brentford for them, player yeah. Brentford lad I thought he was very very good as Brent well Hickey, yeah. um, really really good so he was and like McGregor in midfield was just he was just constant he but really, Ireland played well in Glasgow we did well we did do I, well I don't, I don't mind it I don't mind a uh, we have mentioned somebody texting I've mentioned that Brightner uh, winning at Liverpool twice so I don't know what the text <laughs> is talking about um, <laughs> probably a Man United fan but, but yeah like we played. I have no issue with the, the Scotland defeat, uh, the two-one defeat. It's uh, it's a good atmosphere there for the home team. It's touch and go. Two Celtic nations. The issue I'd have would be the Armenia game and the concession of those two goals. And to say that we played well for seventy minutes is fine, but that ten minutes was chaos. It was. It absolutely was, and it's hard. I, I was in the stadium as a supporter. How, what, um, what was the vibe of the supporters at the end of the match? Relief, I think, was certainly the predominant word um, so it was and you know again there's been a bit of a chat of you know was there booing around the stadium I, up, up in the section I was I, I didn't hear any booing really to be honest which I thought supporters were just relieved to have got over the line um, it was such, it's such a strange game John it really really was like I had my young lad with me and like Five tr- less than five minutes before Scotland scored, before Armenia scored, like he he turned around to me, kind of joking, and he said, "Sure, Gavin Bazuna may as well be sitting up in the stand beside us for all he's had to do." And he was right, like he did, he had nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do. And like five minutes after my young fella said that to me, it was two all, and you're going, "What the hell has happened here?" It it really was. First goal for me was. I think we need to do an awful lot better there. Um, I, I watched it back. I, I watched it back, and I counted. You know, 
in my head at the time watching it live I thought Scotland had counter-attacked when I watched it back and I counted it the ball was in the keeper's hands for 7 seconds before he threw it out to the Armenian midfielder now how the hell we haven't managed to regain our shape and get properly back in, into position in se- in those 7 seconds I don't know and he's been allowed to turn and off he goes and he launches the, the attack and, and they score on the back of it like that that definitely needs to, to needed to be a hell of a lot better the second one obviously is just an awful mistake by Conor Horn who let's be honest Johnny seemed way off it you know he really did as, as did Hendrick but you know for the people who were saying, oh, you know, the shouts for Kenny's head again, like I, I honestly believe if if Kenny hadn't been the manager, we'd probably still be looking at a midfield tree of Hendrick Horan and you know possibly a Robbie Brady. I don't know who the the, the third. So one you're would saying be. that I know Cullen wasn't around the other night, but Cullen Malumbi Knight is more progressive and the right way to go. With, without a doubt, it it really it's it's better for now. And it will also obviously lead us in a better position over the next couple of years. You talk about the seven seconds there. Is that a coaching thing? Or has there been too many people through the revolving doors? Man, that might, be not, might not be Stephen Kenny's fault with Anthony Barry taking a job at Chelsea and that, uh, and with Belgium. But like you've had Damien Duff, you've had Anthony Barry, you've had John Eustace, who's now moved on. Do they need a bit more stability there? Uh, it's it's a no-brainer that they do. Um, it's been, as you say, it's been a revolving door, really. So it has. But how do you solve that issue? Like, I, I, again, I kind of feel for Stephen here in that. Well, what do you do? Do you go and recruit somebody into that position who you think, okay, well, he'll be happy. You know, he'll be happy just to have that position for the next few years. He's, you know, he's not overly ambitious or he's not a top quality name. Or do you go out and get the best that you can get? But the flip side being, if you're getting somebody who's the best that you can get, he's going to be in demand, and and he may be wanted elsewhere, and like that's the the, the way that Stephen has gone about it, and it's just it keeps coming back to, to backfire on him. Um, Anthony Barry's a huge loss, John. There's no doubt he's an absolute huge loss. Anybody you speak to, you know, he just seems to be so 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 highly regarded, and the fact now that we have literally nobody in the role, like it's 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 well, a Stephen, it's Stephen, while Stephen will say that Keith Andrews is there. Well, yeah, assisting. Uh, yeah, but he was there kind of the whole way through so it's it's you know it should be Keith Andrews plus one um, so it should and it's taken a oh my goodness a long time Leander Trossard has scored again oh. for Brighton against Liverpool 2-0 up now at Anfield that's quite the start for the new manager isn't it it is quite the start now Brighton have caused Liverpool problems in the past mm. uh, but that is woo. That's uh, that's serious going He, I'm really interested to see how he does because um, again just going back to the to when I was at Dundalk, obviously the, I was I was there with the the, the Italians um, at the time, so I was. So you know they would be watching an awful lot of Italian football when we'd be you know chatting and, and stuff like that. And they had a huge uh, liking for um, Sassuolo, who were give me the Brighton guy's name again. You're better than me on on names. Zerbi. Yeah, he was the manager at Sassuolo and had them performing way basically they were doing a Brighton in Italy so I can see how this makes a hell of a lot of sense in terms of the appointment you know they were punching way way above their weight on a, on a much much lower budget I think they might have consecutive 7th place or 8th place finishes there or thereabouts um, so it seems to be a really clever appointment by the club who let you know have got the vast majority of their appointments over the last decade or so pretty much bang on Tony Bloom yeah the um Mm. the gaming Fresh man Gambler, yeah. Uh, yeah who's uh, got a good few racehorses the Willie Mullins uh, Roberto De Zerbi yeah so just going through the Brighton team was Evan Ferguson involved on the bench there um, he had a obviously difficult week with the um, under 21s but uh, no he's not but 
interesting that Liverpool have got what Alisson in goal uh, as you'd expect it's Alexander Arnold uh, Van Dijk Matip and Simicas and then you've got the midfield trio of Henderson Thiago and Fabinho and then up front uh, Fabio Carvalho Mo Salah and Roberto Firmino but for Brighton to be um, under the Zerbi 2-0 up it's um, pretty shocking stuff I have to say it is yeah and just you think okay Klopp's had a bit of time a couple of weeks now comes out defending Alexander Arnold yesterday and then this happens now obviously got plenty of time to turn it around but it's not auspicious yeah, well, look, I'm. It's only what is it? It's only a couple of weeks since I was sitting here with you and kind of uh, slagging Johnny Ward a little bit over not getting overly carried away. I mean, I, I keep arguing that Liverpool will click and that they'll take off. And you know, I was up until the last couple of weeks, I was saying I, I still find it hard to see Liverpool won't finish second, but. You know, if if those two results go the way they do again today, obviously Arsenal have their win and, and Liverpool now under looking at very likely that they mightn't get anything from it. Maybe maybe the problems are more deep rooted than I'm I'm thinking, John. Maybe they are. Like I I don't know, I just think there's too much quality there. I don't think there's been that massive of a turnover in Liverpool. I know Mane is a huge loss. I, I do think Liverpool underestimated how much of a loss Mane was going to be. I really, really do. Um but aside from that, I mean, you know Well Stephen Warnock has been saying on BBC that Liverpool have been pressing here, so Yeah, well uh, regardless, sorry, Brighton are, are playing with all the possessions, so the press is yeah, and, and I mean, the excuse given up until now for why Liverpool weren't playing at their best was the injuries in midfield. But like you've just called out basically their first choice midfield there. So, well, the first know. choice team. Yeah. You know, Andy yeah, Robertson yeah, yeah, is injured no, at the moment and maybe up front, like Jota isn't involved today. So Yeah, Luis Diaz maybe over Carvalho, maybe on the, the left um, and, and Robertson, as you say. But yeah, like you'd, you'd, you'd wonder what the hell. I, I just keep expecting it to come right, but there's only so long that you can uh, keep expecting it to come right. And as you say, I'm just looking at the stats here as I'm talking to you. Like it's it's all possession. It's absolutely all Brighton. But again, that's that manager's um, DNA all over it. I mean, but it has been Brighton's DNA under Potter as well. As, uh, uh, we got Shane Keegan and the Cole Ramblers manager in studio Johnny Ward joining us shortly here on Football Saturday 53106 if you want to get in touch hi lads yes Ireland have and are making progress under Stephen Kenny but the simple matter is the progress from now on must be reflected in results every game in the European qualifying campaign will have to be a cup final one slip and he's gone no more talk of the future the future is now says Niall in Dublin you know, that's fair by Niall to be fair like, I don't think he's he's been overly harsh there I think you, you look at the playoffs or, or sorry you look at, at, at the qualifiers okay if we finish in the top two it's overachievement if he finishes third and go into a playoff well that's it's harder now not to qualify for the Euros though than it is to qualify for it almost like it's, 20, it's, it's pretty 24 teams a lot of teams but still, John, the likelihood is we're probably going to end up in a playoff. Yeah. And God knows who we get then. So is it that easy to qualify? You know, like, what I'm saying is there's a top, middle and bottom here. If he finishes in the top two, that's overachievement. Okay, brilliant. Happy days. If he finishes in the playoff, what, that's what, expectation. What, 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 what is achievement, good achievement at the Euros? Is it the last 16? What you get into it? Is, is, <laughs> is it the last eight? But is that where we are now? Is, a, is, a, is, is, that, is that the can for Irish football now? I think so. At, at international honest, level? Just look, look. Let's just get ourselves. I don't think it's. I think it's far from a foregone conclusion that we'll be there. Oh, geez, I think it's far from a foregone conclusion. Just give me, just get us there first and foremost. Um, how we do once we get there again depends on on you know the groups that you end up getting and all of that kind of thing. But like, are we one of the top eight teams in Europe? Are we top sixteen? I don't know. I thought we are. Are we? I wouldn't have thought so. It's really not that we are or not for me. It's what the potential is in the next 10 to 20 years for us to be, you know, and uh, what 
can we do to help that along? Yeah, well, you, you look at that. You look at what is on paper currently our strongest starting 11 if everybody is fit. All right. It's, to be, it's as everybody keeps saying, it has got a very, very young profile. OK. And you would really, really like to think that let's say we do get third and we manage to qualify via a playoff right so I'm, I don't think that's overachievement I think that's doable for us we go to a to a Euros and however we do okay they're all getting to play at a tournament a lot of them huge amount of them would be playing at a, at a, a tournament like that for the first time in their careers in at, at senior level like that there's going to be huge learning from that there's going to be huge experience huge improvement from that you come out the other side of that and now we're up as you know now you're heading into 2024 you would really really like to think that all of those players the Collinses the midfield three Dar O'Shea all of the Troy Parrot Obafemi like now they're starting to head for kind of mid-twenties with a hell of a lot of experience. I mean, there'll be very... F- in a few years' time, John, there'll be very few countries who will have as many players in their mid-twenties with as much experience in caps as we will have. And by that stage, you'd really be hoping that now we are starting to look at a, a, a proper Euro, a proper team and capable of doing things at tournaments again. 5-3-1-6. Hi, lads. I know you can't win it. It's either Kenny in FM or Kenny out FM. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I agree with JD's sentiments about losing against lesser teams. However, I still back what Kenny is trying to do. Some former Irish internationals, though not all, have not rated or liked Stephen Kenny from the start. My issue with, and I've always said on this show, I believe in progressive football. I want to see good football. Like if we're doing hoofball and we're getting one-all draws and we're scraping to tournaments and it's set pieces and there's only so far you can go with that. I'd rather die on the shield or the sword or whatever it is playing good football. And if we lose at the same level of the competition, then would it be better just to try and play better football? And you're not going to progress a nation over 10, 20, 30 years without technically skillful footballs, as is the case in most of the European countries. The issue in the Achilles heel for Stephen Kenny might be that they can't beat weaker teams at the moment at home comprehensively. Lost to Luxembourg, lost, uh, drew with Azerbaijan, goals from outside the box. And then the other night, it was 10 minutes of chaos against Armenia, a team that got thumped 5-0 by Ukraine last weekend. You've got to be able to put the weaker teams in adverted commas in the rankings to bed at home to give yourself a chance of punching above your weight, which we have done against the better teams. So to deal with your first point first, the easiest way that I can put that in terms of the spectacle that we're seeing now in, in Ireland games, there is like... I would you, you talk about ex pros who are maybe you know against Kenny and that surely even they can't argue that it's more that it, it, it's more enjoyable to watch we all know it's more enjoyable to watch at the moment it certainly is okay whatever about the results definitely more enjoyable to watch and the reason that that's so important John is like as I say my young fella's seven we went to the game Tuesday night okay for us we know holy god here we nearly managed not to beat Armenia right but for the players of our next gen, the next generation of players who are going through, young people who are going to the game, all right? He, he, he was there with his two mates. What a game. They loved it. Five goals. Ireland winning with a late goal. You know, the likes of Obafemi, he thinks, is absolutely fantastic. You know, we're, we're getting up this morning and we're going along to, to his under eight game. And, you know, he's bouncing along and he wants to be Obafemi and he wants to do this and he wants to do that. Like, John, if, if he, thankfully for me, he has turned the age of going to games at just the right time if he had turned the age of going to games if he was born 5-10 years earlier and I was bringing him as a 7 year old to Ireland games under the last couple of managers 
Jesus, like, I don't know if he'd be enjoying the experience. I don't know if he'd be dying to go back in the way that he's dying to go back now. I don't know if he'd be bouncing into his, his match on a Saturday morning. Who who would he want to emulate from a couple of years ago? You know, who was the player who got him up off his seat a couple of years ago? Nobody, like, it, it was... It was, no, it, it was the results. It was, it was the results, though, that were getting people off their seats. So the Germany game under O'Neill or Lille or Rattling France. So the second part that I was going to say is, so to continue that and to really, really grab the Im- imagination of, of young people's uh, minds, I suppose. And, you know, where I'm from, you know, down in Leash, kind of, and anywhere rurally, there's a massive battle on between sports for, for young people now and their hearts and, and their time and all of that kind of thing. If we're, uh, Ultimately, if we're not at Euros and World Cups, we're not doing enough to, 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 to win that battle for, for those young kids. We're really, really not. And that's where at the end of the it's day... It's Gaelic Games and soccer uh, and then rugby. Then Gaelic Games rugby will take them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's where, that's where for all the praise of enjoying the football, it, it does end with results. We have to get the results. We really have to get the results. And as I say, you know, I won't be making apologies. You won't be making... Nobody will be making apologies or, or case stating cases for Stephen to stay on probably unless we manage to get through next time around. To the Euros, yeah. Yeah. Uh, five three one zero six. Just go through the scores in the Premier League. This is a shocker for Liverpool. Liverpool nil, Brighton two at Anfield. Leandro Trossard with both goals for the Seagulls. So the Hampton nil, Everton nil. Uh, Seamus Coleman in the Everton team today because Patterson's injured. Fulham nil, Newcastle one. Callum Wilson on the mark for the Magpies. Crystal Palace one, Chelsea nil. Palace playing well and odds and Edward got their goal. Hard to beat at Salhurst Park. Um, mm. Sometimes the results don't mirror I think how good they are Crystal Palace under Vieira Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil, and Arsenal 3 Spurs won a result from earlier on in the Championship Blackburn nil, Millwall nil, Blackpool nil, Norwich 1 Bristol City nil, QPR 2 it's Cardiff nil, Burnley nil. it's Coventry 1 Middlesbrough nil. it's Reading 1 Huddersfield nil. Rotherham nil, Wigan 1 Sheffield United nil, Birmingham nil, Sunderland nil, Preston nil, West Brom nil, Swansea 1 and also in Scotland, Rangers beat Hearts 4-0 earlier on. Celtic 1, Motherwell 0 is the latest. Aberdeen 2, Kilmarnock 1. Dundee United 0, St Johnston 1. Ross County 0, Hibs 0. And St Mirren 0, Livingston 0. We're going to take a break here on Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. We're back with Football Saturday. Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward will be on the line after this. So Jake White was on some next level weirdness back in 2006. Because <laughs> also at that point, uh, France was saying it only started... Um, Six matches for for the Sharks at that point, all of which were at 10. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off The Boss Ashley here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five with Football Saturday. Shane Keegan, the Cove Ramblers manager and the Off The Ball AM presenter. Shane Hannon, the two Shanes in studio with us and Johnny Ward will be with us as well. Uh, watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports because football on Off The Ball is brought to you by Sky. So check out Sky's coverage. Always brilliant coverage. You can text us 53106. Oh, the talking points, Derby is obviously after Arsenal beat Spurs by three goals to one in the North London Derby earlier on today. The Manchester Derby is live here and Off The Ball tomorrow. They had a score in the Premier League. We have Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil. It is Crystal Palace one, Chelsea nil. Odds and Edward. Fulham nil, Newcastle two. So Newcastle have doubled their lead. Uh, Chalaba was sent off for Fulham early doors, and that's kind of opened the door for Callum Wilson and Miguel Almiron now to score. And uh, the Magpies leading. Liverpool have pulled a goal back against Brighton. So Leandro Trossard with two goals early on for Brighton inside the first 18 minutes. Roberto Firmino on 33 has made it. Liverpool one, Brighton two. It is Southampton nil, Everton nil. Goals in the championship. 
Blackpool nil, Norwich won. What is it with Norwich in the championship? Always do so well. Uh, Bristol City nil, QPR two. It is Coventry one, Middlesbrough nil, Reading two, Huddersfield nil, Rotherham nil, Wigan one, and West Brom nil, Swansea one. These are the goals in the three o'clock games in Scotland. Celtic one, Motherwell one. Motherwell have equalised at Parkhead. Interesting development there. Mm. Uh, five three one and six on Liverpool, guys. I hate saying it, but we're not worthy to take a top six place so far. Today's game, we're disgraceful. Lack the drive from what I see, says James and Limerick. Other uh, texture. I like what Stephen Kenny's trying to achieve in principle, though he does need to start picking up results. The basics are uh, that were present in the past, like a strong defence and strong set pieces, have not been there under Kenny. He needs to get the balance right. All the possession is not worth it without a strong basis in defence and set piece, particularly given the lack of creativity in the side, says Tom. Well, but John Egan's been doing okay from set pieces. Um, Chelsea have equalised through Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just seeing those jerseys, lads. Jesus, they're they're interesting. You fan, fan chain? I'm not they're sure. Like, they're I like don't. toothpaste, aren't they? Really, like the it's toothpaste uh, Colgate, design. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Other toothpaste, it? toothpaste brands are, of course, available, but um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those jerseys you just can't. I can't make my mind up on it. You have to be politically correct about toothpaste in these parts. You do. You never know who's listening. Um, The sensitive gets sensitive. (laughs) It's a lovely finish on the turn. I'm I'm trying to figure out what the first phase of this is because the goal seems to be a long ball out of back that to me seems to be headed down to Aubameyang by Thiago Silva. (laughs) Is that Thiago Silva heading up down? It seems to have a number. It is Thiago Silva. Yeah. Maybe they were up the field. Maybe there was a, a set piece in the previous Before. phase. Graham Potter on his feet, claps his hands, and it's 1 1 between Crystal Palace and Chelsea. <laughs> Another uh, texture, 5 3 1 6. Uh, lads, I was at Lansdowne Road on Tuesday regarding the fans and not sure how to say this, but guys who supported the team for decades are not going anymore. Great lot of kids there, fantastic, but I noticed a lot of my mates aren't bothered anymore. I thought we were poor in midfield, not sure when we'll see uh, Henrik. Surely we can make forward passes against this level of opposition. Ukrainian second team hammered these, says Phil on 5-3-106. So I'd be interested to hear from Phil, so why? Why are a lot of his mates not going? Does he mean Stephen Kenny's the reason? Surely surely it can't be the the spectacle or surely it can't be... Maybe it's the fact that we're not winning matches or we're not winning them as comfortably as we should be or there isn't the feeling that we're on a journey to something which is what a sport is all about yeah but so I hate sounding like a, I hate sounding like a Kenny apologist so but we can't it can't we can't have it both ways right we can't have pundits complaining that Ireland weren't great but still and still managing to get a result but then when we do play well, oh, it doesn't matter that we played well because we didn't get a result. You know, which is it? You're either happy that we got a result yeah. and you don't care about the performance or That's does, the, does the performance count for anything? I know. Or does it not count for anything? That's the which is being it? used against Kenny. It was, that, it was that the results weren't there. The performances were good and the results weren't there. And now all of a sudden we win a game. But the performance, it's just, the hypocrisy over Kenny is just, um, it's getting a bit tiresome at the minute. I don't understand, like, I, I refuse, I don't really believe that a lot of people have stopped going to games because the football is better than it was for for the last five or six years. All of you a sudden, want, you want to have certainty over consistency, though. I think that's the issue with a lot of people. You have to have certainty over consistency that you're going to beat. Okay, you can have an early disaster against Luxembourg, but eighteen months on, that you're going to beat Armenia comfortably. Yeah. And then in the Euros campaign, there were playing teams that are ranked below us that we, we have the confidence that we're going to go away from home, beat them and beat them here at home comfortably and not drop points against them and then be up against the gun against the teams that are ranked better than us that we will hope to punch our, above our weight against. But if we apply that logic both ways, OK, yes, we should be beating Armenia more comfortably than we did the other day. 
based on player per player. Mm. But based on player per player, we shouldn't have a hope against Scotland. Like as I keep saying, yeah, look at the yeah. standard that Scotland starting eleven and the level they're playing at compared to ours. We shouldn't have a hope against Scotland. We gave them a really good rattle last Saturday night and we beat them the but previous then, time. But why are we giving Portugal a rattle? Why are we giving Serbia a rattle? Why are we giving Scotland a rattle and can't do it against these weaker teams? John, because we can't because we can't unlock them. We don't have a creative player like a Wes in there. Is do we need Will Smallbone fast tracked into the setup? I said is there is is there a panacea? Is there a hail mary here so we can break down teams that are worse than us? No, look, I, I I completely understand the predicament Stephen is in here because to be quite honest about it, it's exactly the situation I find myself in at the moment with yeah. my own team where we play against the big teams and we're really really good and we beat them or we give it a right good rattle and then we play against teams that we're supposed to be doing a bit better against. And he seems to have the same problem that I have where. When when they're in a position where they have to seize the initiative, mm-hmm. um, just maybe not enough creative players maybe in our in our side at the moment. We've got hard workers. We've got fellas who will make it really hard for the opposition and stuff like that. We're we're really good on set pieces. We have all the we have all the boxes that you tick yeah. for a, an underdog to try and beat a team that's better than them, mm-hmm. but it's very different set of boxes that need to be ticked when you are the favoured and they are the underdog. I made this point to, to David Myler on, <clears throat> on OTBAM during the week that for some reason the Irish players seem to get pumped for the games against the bigger teams than maybe the Armenians that, and Luxembourg. Like, that's probably understandable and natural. David didn't really agree. He said they should be up for every single international when you put on the green jersey. But innately you're going to just... You, when you see you know Jot and Ronaldo and, and all these players up against you at... at the, uh, Lansdowne Road you're automatically going to feel more pumped for it because it's a big game um, now maybe that's not an excuse a good enough excuse for the players and the performance on, on Tuesday night but I mean there has to be something there that it is tougher to get up for a game against Armenia than it, it is, is for but, but David Myler is right you have to like you just have yeah, to be able to no I choice. don't know if it's so much down to motivation levels as it is down to the, the question that's been posed it's mm. a very it's a very very different question been posed to you at home to Armenia than it is yeah. uh, you know away to Scotland very very different question like so we set up to try particularly in the first half when it worked well we set up in a very really organised we were so organised out of possession against Scotland and trying to set little traps and trying to nick it off them in the right areas and then counter attack like you can't implement that game plan against Armenia because they don't have the ball. Like yeah. it's it's a completely different game. You're you're you have to come up with a completely different game plan, and it's that game plan where we are now the ones with sixty sixty five percent possession. We don't seem to have be able to come up with with the answer. Now look, to be fair, we were two nil up and cruising the other night. We done enough. On. Yeah, yeah. But yet again, the chances were still like. Ireland had, I think, I went through it the other night, I think Ireland had 18 shots, um, 18 attempts against Armenia. You'd have to worry, though, when we're, we concede the first goal, whatever the reasons for it, not to just cool it, not to yeah. have the leadership to just go, you know what, kick it out into this, kick it to Rosette, get, like, go down with an injury just to kill mm. and not to concede within a couple of minutes. Because that was Keystone's cop stuff. And I think we probably would have done that against a bigger country when we conceded the first one the other night yeah. but I think it was okay it's a little bit of a blip lads but it's still only Armenia it's still 2-1 let's kick on here and, and hammer them and I think maybe there was maybe a little bit of naivety in that sense but 
on the creative side of things, yeah, we're, we're struggling. 53106, Kieran Boyle, I'm cleaning up from the hurricane here in Florida, listening in. Thanks for your tweet, Kieran. Uh, Kenny does not inspire confidence in anybody, can't hold a lead, has been given plenty of time, no measurable improvement. Pretty football does not matter if we don't get results and qualify, says Kieran. Uh, 53106, lads, my God, Stephen Kenny did not invent football. He's held by some of the footballing messiah, especially the League of Ireland followers. It was another manager, especially Mick McCarthy. He'd been handed out of the country by now. Love the show, says Ian in Dublin. Seriously, guys, in my opinion, Tuesday night was puke football. There's not passable antexing in there here. Uh, <laughs> mostly Kenny's management is hit and miss. More misses than hits. Not good enough. Not consistent enough under Kenny. It's backwards. Yeah. Now we're going to Pat and Waterford. The likes of that text from Kieran in, in Florida, like the, the, the negative, negativity around Kenny. Uh, people are allowed to have the, the, their opinions. Like, I, I'm of the opinion that... Well, we wouldn't have a show otherwise. Well, right? this is it. But, but Stephen <laughs> should be given a chance to, to operate and, and to push on in the... And look, but I do think those people, those opinions... I, I fully agree. If Stephen doesn't get it right within the first couple of qualification games next March, he will rightly be in trouble and his job will be in jeopardy. I just think it's too too soon right now to be having that conversation because he needs to be given the first few games of that qualification campaign. But we, but those people who have that opinion of, of Stephen's tenure already shouldn't be vilified for it. That's just their thought, that their opinion, their thought. They don't like it. They don't like the fact that we're scraping past teams like Armenia, losing to Luxembourg, uh, losing to Armenia away as well. So I think those people shouldn't feel vilified by the other sections. We're all a Republic of Ireland fans at the end of the day. Whether you're Kenny in or Kenny out or Kenny in between, we all want the same thing. So yeah. I, I feel like there's almost a, a civil war happening between Irish fans. Well, 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 there, well there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be because no, the, the issues are much more structural yeah. than, than who the manager is. Yeah. And, and, uh, and some people argue against Stephen Kenny and, ar- and argue it in a way that you know, they make like Keith, Tra- Keith Tracy was very good here last yeah, week, wasn't yeah. he? You know, in, in some of the points that he made, um, very, very good. And to be fair, I know Damien Laney takes a bit of heat, but some of the points he makes are are very, very good. And I don't like. I keep coming back to it. I don't think anybody is going to argue against. It, it is going to be all about results in the European qualifiers. Yeah, absolutely going to have to be all about results. That group, that group draw is going to be very, very nerve wracking for Stephen. I know he's going over to Frankfurt for it on uh, on uh, tomorrow week, and like Jesus, it, it could go one of two ways, lads. You could get a reasonable group. Or you could get an absolute group of death, and and like that could be a killer for Ireland. And I know you could get a five or six team group as well. I don't know which we'd want to get. Maybe you want the six team group to get the the minnow in there and a couple of wins against. You them. know what the most important seed is, Shane. Yeah. Everybody's looking to see, you know, who will, who would be first out of pot, who would be second out of pot. The most important seed is fourth. Yeah, yeah. We need a we need a poor fourth seed yes, that yeah. they don't threaten to There's actually take the playoff spot. A couple off. of giant killers in there as well. Like to me, that's to me that's the big one. That's the one. Give me give me the easiest fourth seed, and and we can deal with the rest. I think the fourth seed is the most important one. Uh, five three one zero six. The only reason Kenny should be removed is to promote him to FAI technical director. He understands Irish football ecosystem. Remember, international football is representative and therefore reflective of a national football organization and landscape. Uh, no need for three at the back against the likes of Armenia. We sacrifice an extra attacker, which could make all the differences. Tony in Mallow and County Cork. And let's base opinion on knowledge. Kenny's playing good football with a very ordinary squad. Yeah, like to go counter to the, to the negative comment we had earlier, Kevin Byrne from the Irish Sun has tweeted into us as well. He says, saying we can't unlock weaker teams doesn't stand up to scrutiny. In the last 12 months, they've scored four against Qatar at home, three against Armenia at home, Scotland at home, Luxembourg away, Azerbaijan away, two against Belgium at home. The only losses in that time were against Scotland and Ukraine, draws against Ukraine, Portugal and Belgium. When you look at it in the face of it, like when you, when you look at it that way, it's not that bad in terms of unlocking teams and scoring well, goals. I would say that we were third in the Nations League group that we had ambitions to win. Or best so ever we lost, we lost in Armenia. Or best ever finished in the Nations League, John. 
Look on 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 the creation. <laughs> I had to look over to you there and see if you're laughing. <laughs> on, on the creation. Kevin, of chances, thanks for your tweet. On, on on the creation of chances. Okay, makes a good point. I I would just say for me, there's been a little bit of an over reliance on set pieces amongst yeah, all those goals. Fair enough. And yeah. the point that was making at the 18 attempts we had the other night, there was only two players had more than two attempts the other night. They were Darrow O'Shea and Nathan Collins. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were they were the two Irish players who had most attempts the other night. I think we have uh, we have Johnny Ward as well on the line. You can probably jump in and, and give us two cents on this. Johnny, I know you were, you were watching the game during the week. Where, where are you and Stephen? Uh, I was disappointed during the week, Shane, to be honest. Um, I was disappointed in the first half. I think the fact that we were 2-0 up um, didn't reflect the fact that Armenia were like literally a Sunday, Sunday league team. They had no ambition whatsoever. They were really poor. Their goalkeeper, I thought, was very poor for the first goal um, wasn't actually great I think for Obafemi's goal either even though I'm being a little bit harsh on Obafemi's a good strike but I think another a very good keeper would have probably saved it um, I just thought it was very slow Ireland's build up play was very slow uh, you're looking at our two wing backs um, in the sense that they wouldn't be the quickest in the world both 30-31 and you know when, when you're playing against basically a uh, a team that parks the bus like Armenia did. We weren't fast enough in possession um, to really unlock them. We did have chances, but I thought when we were 2-0 up, um, you know, I, I thought it belied the fact that Armenia were so bad. We we hadn't much tempo on our play. And um, I just think it's a little bit unforgivable to give away the two goals that we did. Even by, Ga- by Gavin Bazunu's standards, I thought he did poor game. And like I was just looking at it going into the game, I, I thought the last three games against Ukraine and the, the two Scottish games were very encouraging overall. I think the Scottish performance was very good. As Shane points out, um, you know, international football is a bit of a leveller, but we shouldn't really um, be beating Scotland. We, we have a good side, um, but we don't have the players Scotland have. And I thought we were very good. I didn't think we were under any pressure when you give away a silly penalty but the game the other night um, as you say lads we're just we're struggling to really put teams away that parked the bus against us and we're laboured in possession we're quite slow in possession and uh, I was disappointed I thought Troy Parrott had a quite a disappointing game and um, I just thought it was criminal from Conor Horan to give the ball away like that you've just conceded a goal what was he thinking and the, the, the most disappointing aspect for me going forward was I, I think the Okay, we seem, we seem to have an issue with uh, your line there, Johnny. So we'll, we'll come back to you. Uh, 53106. Um, Ireland under Stephen Kenny has got too many inexperienced players. Why drop Duffy for the last few games? Well, he hasn't been playing. Uh, I'll just continue this uh, text. Inexperienced players when Tuna up can't sense when things go against them. Happened a few times now, home and away to Armenia. What about playing Egan or O'Shea in midfield or Collins right wing back? Says one of our texters. Another one. Uh, it's not just about the now. Kenny's trying to build a team and a link between the under-21s. What have Martin O'Neill, Trap, even Jack ever left behind them? Aging squads with nothing coming through. Long-term thinking required, but accept the results need to start well in the Euros qualifying. Rory, admittedly a Dundalk fan and a Kenny disciple. Another one of our texters is, no one got to point out the glaring obvious Cullen out, Malumbi subbed and Harahan sent into midfield. We were wide open. Horrendous decisions from Kenny, but I'm still on side with Ireland. Well, Cullen wasn't uh, available, was he? And 53106, along with all the points made for and against Stephen Kenny, it's important not to forget the positive glow he's brought to Irish grassroots football and the League of Ireland. He's helped breathe life into Irish football right across the various levels, says Chris Andrews. It was a very good point made by the Dock fan there, the fact that at the end of each manager's tenure, whether it was O'Neill or McCarthy or Jack, you always felt that it was the end of an era, including for the players. It felt like that you know an ageing squad, a team that just couldn't go the next, the next step. Under Kenny, you feel that you know whenever his tenure ends in the next year, two, four years, five years, whatever it might be, he's going to leave a legacy of 
a heap of young players and, and loads of talent. Like a Conor heap? Conor, a heap of them. Great word. A good Monaghan word, probably. Uh, well, I've Con- never heard it before in Dublin. There you go. <laughs> like Connor Coventry and Smallbone, Will Smallbone, haven't even come into the squad yet. You look at the age profile of the team against Armenia, I don't know how many of the lads were under 23, but a lot of them were. Uh, that's going to be Stephen Kenny's legacy. Like, uh, finally, we're going to be left, when, this, when, he, when he leaves his job, with a team that has a future and I think the lad said it on the show last week Joe was chatting to a couple of people on, on the show and they, they were basically, basically making the point whoever the next manager is should be very thankful for, to Stephen Kenny for, for what he's done in terms of his style of play and in terms of the, the age profile of the squad as well 53106 your texts on the national team the FAI have scrambled Johnny's phone uh, but he's right <laughs> <laughs> we're too slow moving the ball and no thir- three man moves everything is one player to another then back to them no third man run says David Bray and no measurable improvement question mark the only game they won in the first 15 was the friendly against Andorra they lost eight they've won six of the last 14 and lost three and another one of our texters that was the same one they lost seven of his first 11 competitive games didn't win any of the last 10 they've won four and had three draws at Serbia, Portugal and away to Ukraine we've got to take a break here for news in the Premier League half times Bournemouth nil Brentford nil Crystal Palace won Chelsea won it is Fulham nil Newcastle three Sean Longstaff with the third goal Fulham down to ten Liverpool won Brighton two Leandro Trossard with both goals for Brighton uh, Firmino pulling one back for Liverpool they've got work to do though at Anfield Southampton nil Everton nil is a half time score and in the Championship half times Blackburn nil Millwall nil it's Blackpool nil Norwich one Bristol City nil QPR two it's Cardiff nil Burnley two Coventry one Middlesbrough nil it's Reading two Huddersfield nil Rotherham nil Wigan one Sheffield United nil Birmingham nil Sunderland nil Preston nil and West Brom nil Swansea one and in Scotland earlier Rangers beat Hearts four nil Aberdeen three Kilmarnock one is a half time score it is Celtic one Motherwell one it's Dundee United nil St Johnston two Ross County nil Hibs nil and St Mirren nil Livingston nil joined in studio here by Shane Keegan the co-parameters manager and the OTBAM presenter Shane Hannan on Football Saturday between now and five plenty to talk about derbies but the match has a derby tomorrow about your memories of derbies we'll be back after the news Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports and you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Off The Ball, football brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off The Ball. Listen on your radio across Ireland on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for Off The Ball. For Periscope and Twitter, at Off The Ball, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. Joined by the two Shanes, co-ramblers manager Shane Keegan and the OTB AM presenter Shane Hannan in studio and we also got Johnny Ward the broadcaster and journalist online as well uh, full time in the Women's National League Galway 2 DLR Waves 3 and Shelburne 2 Cork City 1 these are full times from the 2 o'clock games 53106 for your text messages lots of obviously opinion and debate about uh, the national team given the 2-1 defeat to Scotland last week and then the 3-2 win over Armenia uh, 53106 board of debate says Finto Two Nations League flops, World Cup flop, very little sign going to improve, stop going to matches. Being regular since 1985, criticism of the managers cut off by media and pundits as anti-Irish and anti-Kenny feel completely disconnected from the current setup. Strong words from Finto. Another one. It's bad bad results a reason not to keep supporting your, your club or your country. I don't know. Like, if you can't support them in the bad times, how can you support them in the good times? Do you know? Uh, that, that that would be my take might sound harsh on Finto but uh, just because you don't like the manager's style or the manager themselves or the way results are going doesn't mean you, you can't still I would honestly games. I would honestly be quicker 
to stop going to games because of the spectacle than because of the results. Yeah, I can yeah. honestly say that. 53106, can someone please be objective about Stephen Kenny? He's a League of Ireland manager who hasn't been proven at the highest level. Look at McCarthy the first time as manager. All the players he brought in, Hart, Given, Kilban, Robbie Keane, Duff, Keith O'Neill. You go on like Kenny has made these players and every other manager just used 11 players and brought no one in. Stop having friends of Stephen Kenny on the panel. Maybe you guys can be objective, <laughs> says one of our texters. In fact, we all read them out. Unless they're abusive uh, or libelous, we will read them out. Uh, surely an argument can be made to get Jack Byrne more involved in the squad or the team against the so-called weaker teams to create chances he's the natural successor to Wes says Dave in Cork uh, congratulations to Shane Keegan on the Munster Senior Cup win nice mm. to pick up some silverware for our centenary says Paul and Cove fair play to him thank you and lads love the show thank you I read the Kenny debate bit of perspective when comparing the previous regimes would be good did we qualify for a lot of tournaments that I missed going to Lansdowne Road to watch the utter dross played for the last decade under McCarthy and Trapp in particular often I'd wonder why I'd bother atmosphere in the stadium much more positive these days for perspective in the 2006 World Cup qualification we finished fourth in a World Cup qualifying behind Switzerland and Israel with Premier League stars with Duff, Given, Finnan Robbie Keane at all in their prime we have to persist with trying something new says Peter in Dublin John that's a, a, a true sign that we're balanced is the fact that we're getting abuse from both sides. One of your text abuses have been too pro, one too anti. I wouldn't call it abuse. I'd call, ah, no, feed, true, I'd call it true, feedback. True, it's true. feedback. It's constructive <laughs> feedback. That's the, the, the words they use now in all these corporate uh, industries. Constructive feedback. Yeah, yeah. I want to con- give you some constructive feedback about your performance. <laughs> Un- unproven. Is in your appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. We, we do get a, a lot from both from both sides and all sides and in the middle ground as well. Like Talking about Stephen being un- unproven, I'm looking at Roberto De Zerbi there and his background Foggia, Palermo, Benevento, Sassuolo and Shakhtar Donetsk before he gets the job at Brighton and his Brighton team are currently leading Liverpool at Anfield like I, I don't think prove it, you need to be proven at a top level you don't need to have achieved so everyone, every manager has to start somewhere uh, there's no reason why you can't be a, a good manager at a young age uh, I'm not saying Stephen Kenny is of a young age no, no offence to him but um, I think that's an argument used to, the, the League of Ireland thing is used to batter Stephen all the time and I don't think it's fair Joe Rebo score for Southampton 1-0 up against Everton Johnny Ward come in yeah JD sorry I was cut off there um, just I suppose the point I was making I I, I was almost as disappointed in um, Stephen's media performance itself afterwards as the game itself which I think I mean we were it was it was a real snooze fest like a 2-0 you're ambling along here not playing well going to win 2 or 3-0 not learn much but I just thought his um, the message he gave after the game was, wasn't was uh, consistent with the performance I thought it was a poor performance we got out of jail and it was very interesting being at the ground because for some reason the place went wild when we got a penalty to win 3-2 against Armenia in a game that we just really didn't need to lose and regardless of whether it was 3-2 or 2-all this was a disappointing night I mean we were made to look um, a bad team against a very bad team for some of that game and I think he's um, extolling the positives afterwards was definitely off message I think he should have said we got away with one there and I hope privately he really you know admonished Conor Horan for putting Ireland into a terrible situation and what, what was interesting on the night was that it was the first time you could audibly hear like boos around the ground at 2-0 um, and I do wonder if it had ended 2-all um, what, what would the reaction have been after the game I think a lot of boos conversely um, the crowd went wild when we got a goal on the basis of a dodgy enough far um, so that was strange as well but I do feel if it were 2-all um, it would have been hard for him to deal with uh, the audience reaction afterwards because I think it had turned a bit what way should the supporters have reacted when we scored the winner Johnny? 
Um, maybe a cross between um, Troy Parrott's celebration and the way that Roy Keane thought he should have celebrated against Lithuania. <laughs> like Shane, it was a, it was this was a getting out of jail a game that it didn't really matter that we won the game at all, and it was a night of soul searching where whether it was two all or three two, we had screwed it. Like we had made a mess of this, and Armenia finally having shown a little bit of ambition, finally got two goals, and this was a bad night. And I wouldn't be going. I certainly wasn't going wild celebrating a Robbie Brady penalty to beat Armenia. Three two. I, I went home. I was. I was. I was. I was. I was Johnny, and I'll tell you exactly why I was. Because Robbie Brady, as Robbie Brady stepped up to take that penalty, there was a chance that if he missed it, Stephen could have been gone. Mm. And I don't think that's what we need right now. Do you reckon? Oh, I think he would have been under draw, serious pressure. A draw would have been serious a lot, pressure. A lot, well, I know. I know what you're saying, Johnny. That that a win in that fashion isn't great. But I mean, it was. Just, I think I was one of those fans cheering that penalty award. In, I was in the East Stand, and like it was and more it was nailed on. It was more relief, though. It wasn't a cheer of yeah. of oh, this is great. We're going to win against Armenia. I think it was pure and utter relief. Um, and it didn't matter how we won. We just got we scraped over the line in the end, and you can you can live to fight another day. Maybe I think that was probably the the general feeling of of, of my mates anyway, the group I was with. So why is Stephen? Why would his job be under pressure if if we hadn't gotten a VAR penalty? I mean, this is completely incidental, really. Do you know what I mean? So it's like if, and maybe you're right because I think there would have been a clamour. Um, and you're talking about small margins here. Two all and three two really makes no difference in the overall scheme of things. We have to assess where this team is going and the very good performance against Scotland. But on the flip side, I do think that. Um, the crowd would have been pretty bad afterwards and maybe his job would have been under pressure. I don't know, but I, I think he, he needs to himself look at his performance in the media afterwards because mm-hmm. and not even you get away with it and a lot, a lot was bad in terms of that two-minute period and how sloppy we were and slow we were in the first half. I wouldn't be spinning it that there was much of a positive. There were very few positives in that night. Yeah, 5-3-1-0-6. Um, if you want to get in touch with the view, uh, two separate issues, both equally as important to me. First off, people clamouring for Jack Byrne to come into the international team. Jack is a super player, but he's not at that level. His performances in Europe highlight this, uh, says our texter. Secondly, John, why do you break the word Newcastle up into two words? Why? I want to ask you this for many years. <laughs> We've got another text as well on uh, on words. Uh, someone texted, hip is a great word, lads. Is it northeast vernacular, though? Always thought it was nationwide. I'm sorry if I took credit for oh, that no, hip. no 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 I'm a, I'm a leash man and hip would be absolutely you regularly used down yeah. there Johnny, Johnny yeah. you, you can be the, the judge and jury you're from, you're from Galway have you heard of hip I've heard it now <laughs> like yeah, you should yeah. be saying John on every show we've got a heap of texts in here to 53106 <laughs> no no I could never do that from being from the pale <laughs> uh, wouldn't be a Dublin word at all no it wouldn't no. be no 53106 uh, anyone being critical of Stephen Kenny has been very unreasonable need to back off this is a traditional period for Irish football look at the experience of the players he's had to work with the injuries COVID absences players not playing regularly for their clubs he's had a hand to deal with look at all the young talent he's building for the future when many were asking questions of where the next Ireland players are going to come from yes we all want positive results but he needs to be given space and time to achieve the results of his plan. Yes, there have been some poor results in the last two games, but that cannot be down to players not performing too as well. He needs to be given at least the next two tournaments to have a fair chance. I just an Ireland fan with no connection club-wise or other to Kenny, says one of our texters. Yeah, you see, like I'll I'll get a use about being pro Stephen or a friend of Stephen or whatever, but like you can't say anybody criticizing Ireland has been unreasonable. Like you can absolutely see how the criticism is reasonable. To be well, fair, well, like well, can, can you believe the text from Ted and Dungarvan here? Can news talk just be honest? You just want Stephen Kenny sacked. You wanted them sacked from day one. <laughs> I'd say most people here be sacked. saying this is Kenny FM. <laughs> so right, yeah, we're getting two, two ends of the spectrum here. This five, is five three one zero six nail on the head from Shane about Kenny's legacy. Results wise, it's clear now he won't be successful as an Ireland boss, but history will show success will be in the squad profile he hands over to the next boss. Where did Jose Mourinho?
Mourinho started last as another texter is given time. At least he's trying to play some sort of football. He'll be under big pressure in the qualifiers. See how that works out. Great show as always, says Johnny. Not Johnny War, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is funny. That we're, We do get accused of being Kenny FM. and then Look, there's an entertainment people. aspect to all of this. We all want the team to do well. But do you remember a sporting topic on, on, on our show that has led to such disagreement down the middle? I don't remember something that... You're, you're either Kenny in or you're Kenny I know, out. I, like, I, to be honest, I think if it was McCarthy, if it was O'Neill, if it was Trapp, you'd have the same reaction. I know I did the phone-ins for years on Today FM. You had exactly the same thing every single week about the auto manager because it's the biggest thing in the country. But was it so 50-50? Or maybe not 50... It feels probably 60-40, maybe. The it what? hasn't been 50-50. It's been like the, the, the public has overwhelmingly been behind Stephen Kenny, be a League of Ireland fan or not, because the public was fed up with the way we were playing. And to, to have over 40,000 at that complete dead rubber the other night, or more or less dead rubber, shows that they're still there. It was just the first time that I saw that there was a little bit of a change and I, I, I don't I know Johnny I, I, I think maybe to a certain extent I think me and you live in an echo chamber where we're surrounded by League of Ireland people and therefore we're hearing the same opinions if I if I go for a pint in my local pub where there's no League of Ireland history in Leash and nobody follows the League of Ireland more than 50% of the people in my pub will say Stephen Kenny is doing a really poor job and he should be gone well, I, I, from the, my friends who are not League of Ireland fans... Uh, you don't have friends who are not League of Ireland fans. Stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to stop after no, you This is live friends. radio now. This is live radio. National uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 53106. We're joined here by Johnny Ward of the line, Shane Keegan, the cover analyst manager, and the OTB AM presenter, Shane Hannan, on Football Saturday. Uh, 53106. Johnny's a bit deluded about what football's all about. Show me a proper supporter of any team who doesn't celebrate a last-minute winner regardless of circumstances. Ridiculous notion. I'm in the supporters club down the country we never had the demand for tickets home and away as we've had this year the football going punters are still all in Johnny um, yeah I think they're pretty much still all in and uh, you know there was uh, there was a, a vociferous celebration to getting out of jail but uh, that, that's 10-15 minutes of us in pursuit of the winning goal was interesting because you could you could definitely tell some of the crowd had turned and this just wasn't good enough um, I think one thing that Kenny has had to maybe deal with is playing players that are not necessarily out of that club level and who can necessarily then translate um, the other night and I thought like Jeff Hendrick at times you could just tell that he's not at, at the level he was at earlier in his campaign for Kenny our midfielders just weren't able to really penetrate and they didn't look particularly good without Colin Troy Park didn't have a good night you had obviously uh, Doherty coming on the right wing I thought he's done okay in the two games for us but he hasn't been playing for Spurs so there are extenuating circumstances but um, we do need to see progress Liverpool have equalised Roberto Firmino with his second goal of the game Liverpool 2 Brighton 2 and Everton have turned it around at Southampton they were 1-0 down they've scored two goals in two minutes one from Connor Cody who got the first one and the other one has come uh, at St Mary's from Dwight McNeil both new signings this season so Everton the Toffees in front Lampard doing a bit of a better job than people were giving him credit for uh, Fulham nil, Newcastle 3 Crystal Palace 1 Chelsea 1 Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil. these are all latest scores Arsenal 3 Spurs 1 in the North London Derby earlier on today Arsenal four points clear at the top of the table what about the Manchester Derby tomorrow is Erling Haaland unstoppable Shane Keegan yes <laughs> in a word move um, on <laughs> ah, look he's fantastic John isn't he my god like it's it's just again it's the array it's it's the different types of goals like how do you stop him do you know if if Stop the possession that gets uh, It is, it is. And, and well, that is, in theory, correct. That is the way to go about it. But with the players he's surrounded by, how the hell do you stop that either? And, and you know, that's the problem. Like, you could... 
you could have like I, I, he's the first striker I've I can ever say where if you were playing centre back, if you were the centre backs and Erling Haaland scores one against you, mm. you've had a right good game. Yeah, yeah, you've had a right 100%. good game if you've kept him to one. The problem with the Erling Haaland uh, for other teams is that you always have to watch him like a hawk. He's playing so close to goal recently, so he's playing differently than he played with Dortmund. But then it creates space then for the other attackers in the City team who are exceptional players and De Bruyne is obviously in no injuries at the moment and Foden and all these players. It just creates more space for them. So it's, it's a really difficult one to solve. Martinez yeah. up against them is going to be that's going to be fantastic like, uh, 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 5 foot 10 versus 6 foot 4 yeah. yeah and apparently there's a bit of history there is there there was a game no, Ajax and Dortmund they played yeah. and uh, they did actually alright Ajax won the game and, and Hannah didn't score but uh, it's yeah I, I don't Alan know about score tomorrow it's a good time for United to go. Like, look, United looking for a fifth consecutive win in the Premier League. It's, you know, it's good. Football. It's good that Maguire. To be fair, for, as a human being, it's good that he's injured. Yeah, uh, <laughs> injured. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if he is injured. But you but know, but I just think there's a there's a na- there's a nastiness to the narrative about Harry Maguire. I don't like it. I think yeah, it's. I, I, think, agree, I, I think it's. I think it's. It's over the top. It's representative of an angry culture in the UK that he seems to be the scapegoat for England's probably dispensation not to win the World Cup but what level of criticism is okay then you're allowed to criticise Harry Maguire's performances on the pitch which just have not been good enough for club or country well especially club it just seems that he's a lightning rod for a whole feeling in England that the, that's, just, the, the, that's just the English media after the Euros final oh, no, it the, was the, the, Saka and it was, was he not, wasn't Harry Maguire not booed by English fans he has been but he got a good reception at the start of the game the other night and fans cheering his name and then things start to go wrong and, and the tide turns um, English fans a bit like Irish fans at times are a bit fickle maybe and, and as soon as something turns I don't, think, I don't think I've ever seen an Irish player get uh, almost like targeted uh, you know for, for a string of poor performances maybe I'm wrong no, I'd be with you there. I can't yeah, think of there isn't a, there isn't an example that jumps out at me. Um, but it's more the manager that we target. At the same time, at the same time, I don't think we'd have the same expectations uh, of the players. Like like, England are hoping to win a World Cup yeah, this yeah. December. Like there is no way Harry Maguire should be anywhere near a team that's trying to win a World Cup. John, my mm. God. He shouldn't be near the plane, but he will be on the plane because of his squad experience and and there's, a, brings, and, and there's a hell of a chance he'll be on the plane and Trent won't. Yeah, like that's <laughs> remarkable madness like, when you think about it. I know different positions, obviously different positions, but it's still remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> remarkable given how, how club football has gone for the two of them over the last eighteen months. Like it was quite notable the morning after the game for England the other night. Like he, he Harry Maguire posted a photo on his Instagram. We were talking about it at OTPM the next morning of. Harry Kane celebrating a goal and Harry Maguire wasn't even in the photograph and it was just one of those things where he potentially his PR team were trying to post not a photo of him with head and hands just keep the uh, keep the algorithm going positively here <laughs> like he just needs he needs a break but the problem with Harry at the club level now is he's not going to get any games Harry Maguire for United unless the, it's Carabao Cup I think the interesting thing about United is that Ten Hag has won the war I don't think it really was with Harry Maguire it's with Ronaldo it's now accepted that Ronaldo and Maguire are not first team regulars in that United team and I think it's accepted I think he's got over any kind of controversy or issue around that yeah. given the way they've been playing recently <clears throat> Christian yeah. Eriksen's going to be a key man tomorrow I think like that, like he has been exceptional since he, since he came into United and, and he, he is the difference he's probably the reason they've got a lot of those results on the pitch he just brings a different element to that partnership with whoever it is Bruno Fernandes kind of ahead of him and McTominay has been playing very well for United recently as well uh, Malassia played brilliantly against the Bruyne you're a Man United fan Shane Hannan have you got hope tomorrow uh, 
more hope than I would have after the first two games of the season. Uh, they've been playing well, but the thing about United, because of the, the Queen's death and the international break, they haven't played a game since September 4th. Mm. It was now October 1st. So it's been that long ago that you just you don't know what state the team is in after the inter we, we mentioned it earlier. After an international break, you don't know where a team is, especially United, because it's been so long. So yeah, how did he manage to? How did he manage to win September Manager of the Month if he only played one game? Yeah, you'd wonder. <laughs> I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works. I saw uh, you it's like the Duck it's, it's, Manager it's, of the Month. It's the Duckworth it? Lewis method. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old Irish uh, international goal of the year. There was only maybe a, a Shane Duffy lumped header into the, at the back post that they could. There's could been make, some so. bad ones that won that. So there is. Oh, yeah. break, Shane, it breaks my heart seeing Christian Eriksen in a Man United jersey. Oh my <laughs> god, it absolutely breaks my. I adored him as a Spurs player, yeah. and I. I, when he went to United, I kind of thought, well, sure, he's only going to be a bit part player. Like he's not really going to feature, you know. And ah, oh, he's been outstanding. He's, he? he's like, just been, yeah, yeah. he's been brilliant. So it breaks my heart watching it. I, I, as 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 much in all as your form as United's form has improved, I, I, I think City. Yeah, they'll have too much. You'd imagine too much. You'd imagine. Far too much. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting as to see the like Man United will have to soak up a lot of possession. McTominay is playing very well, and they do have the pace to trouble a City defence that will give, will cough up chances. I think I think there'll be goals. I think Man. United will cause them, cause them problems and it'll be interesting in terms of their development where they're at uh, because they have the one thing in, the, in terms of a counter-attacking type system that actually can uh, trouble City but as you mentioned Haaland could have um, a reasonably average game and still score twice and I think that battle with Martinez is going to be fascinating and as Shane says like it's, it's kind of like when you come off the pitch like how, how did my player get on he scored two points that's not too bad it's, it's almost mm. like points or goals with Haaland and you can have a good game but he's just that that moment of, of uh, athletic genius that will do it. But uh, I, I actually think Man United are going to acquit themselves well tomorrow. It was funny. There was the, Liverpool have scored three oh. two, coming from go. two nil down against Brighton, and they're now leading three two at Anfield. I always say it's subject to VAR because it just flashes on the screen here. But Roberto Firmino scored twice to level it up, and they've scored a third in the sixty third minute. We'll confirm that as soon as we can. Also, Newcastle four nil up at Fulham now. Fulham at Nathan now. Shalaba sent off early. Miguel Almiron has scored a second of the game to give the Magpies a four nil lead. Crystal Palace won. Chelsea won at uh, Selhurst Park. Uh, Bournemouth nil. Brentford nil. It's Arsenal 3, Spurs 1 a result and Southampton 1, Everton 2 a latest. It's West Ham against Wolves at half past five in the championship. We have Blackburn 1, Millwall 0, Blackpool 0, Marriage 1, Bristol City 1, QPR 2. It's Cardiff 0, Burnley 1, Coventry 1, Middlesbrough 0, Reading 2, Huddersfield 0, Rotherham 0, Wigan 1, Sheffield United have scored against Birmingham 1 0, Sunderland 0, Preston 0, West Brom 1, Swansea 1 and in Scotland have Celtic gone ahead? They have 2-1 against Motherwell. Aberdeen 4, Kilmarnock 1. It's Dundee United nil, St Johnston 2. Ross County nil, Hibs 1. And St Mirren nil, Livingston nil, Hearts nil, Rangers 4. A result from earlier on. It seems that that goal stands at Anfield and the scorer, an own goal from oh. Adam Webster. Wow, Liverpool have pulled it out. 3-2 they lead. It's um, it's funny you were talking there about, about Erling Haaland and how you stop him scoring. I was just reading a great piece in the Athletic last week. With her, I think they interviewed Manuel Akanji, his City teammate and former Dortmund teammate, who obviously came up against him in training a lot. And they interviewed maybe one of the managers in the Bundesliga who kept him scoreless. It was one of the most the, the most the athletic pieces ever. It was just very uh, <laughs> like them to do this kind of thing. But the, the the thing I took out of it was that to keep him scoreless, you just need to annoy him. Which is why I'm interested to see Lissandro Martinez because that's his bread and butter. He's kind of that type of aggressive player that 
price mm. to wind strikers up. I, I wouldn't have thought that approach. I would have I thought, know. don't poke the bear. Yeah. I really <laughs> would have thought, don't. But like, it's it's just ridiculous. The numbers he's doing, like, yeah. like, with, like pretty much across the board with bookmakers at the moment, he's one to two to score in 90 minutes tomorrow. <laughs> like, that's absolutely Zero value, incredible. Yeah. So yeah. it is. And understandably so, like, 5-3-1-6 wise every Irish soccer manager in a transition period is the manager on transition wages says John and Galway 5-3-1-0-6 I travelled from Sligo to the Armenian match I was absolutely delighted to see Ireland score the last minute winner it shortened the journey home uh, Hi lads the uh, senior manager should inherit the best players in the country and fit them into a system that they are used to and comfortable with the opposite is true in Kenny's case his legacy will be a complete change of football mindset and a ton of new young talent says John in Kilcock don't mind them, John. That's John Me. Uh, you're pronouncing Newcastle correctly. I went out with a girl from a Gateshead for years. I was taught sharpish to pronounce it the way you do. That's the Geordie way, isn't it? That Newcastle. Like well, I've never. Well, I've only been to Newcastle once. I didn't grow up there, so I don't know whether I don't know. What did you say, Shane? I said Newcastle. Yeah. I'd well, how am I saying it wrong? Emphasis, <laughs> emphasis on the wrong syllable, John. Okay. You'll right. never be able to pronounce the word without second guessing yourself again, Jody. Well, I know. No, I think like, no. To be fair, John, I think you're, you're right. You know, we'll let you. We'll let you off this. Five three one zero six. United played two games in September, same as most teams. To Shane, nah. I would love to, be, love to be sitting around a table with a rake of pints, listening to your conversations and opinions. Brilliant show, great enjoyment. Keep rake. it up, lads. Just tell him to get a pint out. Rake of pints. He gets himself a pint there. He's hey pretty much. Is, is it a hey yeah? Johnny pints. knows it. That's, that's from Niall. Thanks so much, Niall. For your, I, I'd actually I'd go along with. Rake of pints as well as hape of pints hape, hape and rake are, are both similar words uh, and similarly used in my vernacular as well I'd, I'd use hape and rake quite often on a daily basis yep. um, I put out a thing on Twitter at John Duggan Sport about derbies like the best derbies people have been to any stories from derbies what bucket list derby game you'd like to go to what derbies you've been to so Donegal Ball from the Irish Independent got in touch with this this story okay <laughs> now you're not allowed to laugh uh, went to the Goodison Derby September 2008 got a taxi from the airport to where I was staying got chatting to the taxi man he was asking was I over for the game who did I support told him as an Everton fan we just chatted away small talk getting out of the cab I asked him the best way to get Goodison the next day he said you need a taxi and called out a number I got the next day and rang it it was the Samaritans helpline <laughs> so on top of that Everton lost 2-0 Robbie Keane was playing Cahill sent off if memory serves so obviously this is a Liverpool fan playing a joke <laughs> as an aside pretty sure in those three consecutive weekends I was at the All-Ireland Final Merseyside Derby and then the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe the Phillies Arcava won happy days says Dunica who's going to win the Arc tomorrow Johnny? I was at that Arc as well the Arcava one that seems like uh, quite a while ago um, I'd give Luxembourg a reasonable chance Shady I think uh, he's gotten an, on okay with the draw um, we've obviously had a bit of controversy with the full field and all that Aidan O'Brien has a good record in the race he's even had a 1-2-3 in the race I think he'll confirm a Leopardstown form with Vidini and whilst he's not necessarily a superstar I don't know if this is a super arc what do you make of it? Um, I tell you I'm going to Tipperary tomorrow so I'll work it out on the uh, on the train to Tipperary who's on the way to York um, I've got a really 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 funny one on derbies here a lot, a lot of people that want to go see River Boca obviously that wouldn't mm. be the one that uh, when both Newry Town says Gary Rocks and Warren Point Town were in the Northern Ireland Premiership for the first time a few years ago it was cleverly billed as the Morn Ultimatum <laughs> <laughs> brilliant that's top <laughs> and another, another wag says uh, Terence Trent Derby at the RDS in 1989 so uh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> That's class. <laughs> Shane Keegan, have you been to any derbies? Have you been to Celtic oh, Rangers? I have indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was good. Uh, oh, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I was, I've only ever been to the one, actually, would you believe? And it's, uh, oh, jeez, the guts of 14, 15 years ago. Gordon Strachan was Celtic manager, so that was kind of 2008, 09, I think, yeah. there, thereabouts. Um, 
eight was obviously Celtic were home. Rangers had gone two one up um, around the 80th minute there thereabouts. And Celtic had about an eight or nine point lead in the league table, so a draw would have been good enough. And then yeah, Celtic scored. We scored with like two minutes left to level it, and uh, the whole place just went absolutely mental. It really, really did, and it just oh, incredible atmosphere. Is it always an early kick off the old firm because of the? Potential for trouble or some evening games. There's an evening there game there a few months ago, wasn't there? there yeah, yeah, there was, there was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um, no, support so like it's it's that. Way. Is there a better atmosphere than Parkhead for Celtic? No, it it, it is incredible. It's it's absolutely particularly for the Rangers, like for a Rangers game. It's Have you been changed? I've been to Parkhead twice. Uh, Dundee United and Inverness Cali Thistle yeah, both in the league never the, never the real transition thing. year trips, lads. They, oh, okay, we used to go enough. from St McCartan's College over to Celtic. Oh, but wasn't so. the time. Tissel Betis. No, I think... The it, famous it a, cup game. Scott McDonald, I think, scored a hat-trick. Maybe that was the Dundee game. Celtic won both games anyway. Um, but yeah, what a, what a stadium. There were both three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday and we were, we were only kids, so you couldn't enjoy it properly. There was obviously the sneaky naggins on the ferry over. Um, and <laughs> the teachers man. had a couple of scoops themselves. A heap of pints, I think we can say. Um, but oh, it's, a, it's a great stadium. I, I really want to go back, though, for a European night. Definitely under the lights. Have you been and to any derby, Shane? Oh, the, the Liverpool United game last year was at Old Trafford the 5-0 any was, other ones um, any ones you'd like to go to do you know I, like the old firm is, is right up my list um, I don't know like the North London Derby I, I, you want to go to ones that have a bit of an atmosphere and from what you're telling me John from White Hart Lane a number of years ago that that one has a little bit of an atmosphere uh, there's a little bit of an edge to it I like the ones as I said earlier a bit of spice a bit of danger Um Oh, listen, if you want spice and danger, we may get you down to Cove Ramblers and Cork City. Well, there you go. I, do you know what? I was, in, I was in Cove, I was telling you this. I was in Cove the day... Spice bags and danger. <laughs> spice bags. I was in Cove the day um, earlier in the summer when I was down doing the whole Michael Collins and Irish Republican yeah. tour of, of West Cork. Um, there was... Yeah, you were playing Cork in the, in the right. FA Cup. And uh, I think it was the FA Cup. And, Jesus, the, the um, Cork City fans, brazen as you like, standing in the centre of uh, the Casement Square in Cove, singing the most dirty, filthy things about Cove as a town and their people and they're standing in the middle of the town and I'm thinking, this is, this is bonkers. And then the Cove fans came up with the flares and ah, it was brilliant. I should have gone to the game. I couldn't go to the game that day but um, that's, that's on my list for, like, mm-hmm. honestly, after seeing it that day in the sun. Do you know um, what is that, John? Slightly, a slight tangent but it, it, in terms of derby games or rivalry games is, I was in Australia, I lived in Australia for a year and um, have you ever, the rugby league, the state of origin, did you ever seen that Queensland against New South Wales oh, no. state of origin? Oh my God, it's, that is, that is an intense atmosphere in right. and the hits in it, my, you can hear the bones crunching when they're running into each other, I swear, it was, it was crazy you now for, for rivalry and intensity. 5-3-1-6 Hi lads United played twice against Leicester and Arsenal Rashford also won player of the month award for goals and assists no team played more than three great shows says Ray the optimistic Red thanks for your uh, text on 5-3-1-6 Ray Johnny you're a cultural man of this island you're, you're a man I sound like you know Dennis uh, Hopper in Apocalypse Now here um, you're, this has been a bit of a weird show so, so, jo- Johnny uh, Derby's you've been to you'd like to go to Probably loads I'd like to go to. I've been to the Milan Derby. I'd say that's probably the best one I've been at. Um, obviously, been at the Irish ones. Like uh, you're as a young football fan, you know it's amazing. And then as you do get older, and you see like um, grown men kind of like giving opposition fans the finger and goading them over a football <laughs> game, you do kind of think this is a little bit daft. And there are other things in the world. But in fairness, when you get that sort of red hot atmosphere, uh, it totally transforms the occasion. I 
I'd like to go to Glasgow Derby. I've never actually been to Glasgow. I'd like to go. I wonder what people recommend it to me because um, I know the the kind of the dark uh, corner of sectarianism that is related to that derby puts me off a bit, but I'm sure it'll be good crack. Michael Walker did a brilliant piece in the Irish Times today about sectarianism and sport and a few issues up north recently it's definitely worth anybody taking a read uh, 53106 Connor and Tala being in touch best Starby is Milan Inter it went once the whole city is red black and blue black all day brilliant atmosphere um, I've been to North London Derby I've been to Liverpool United I would call it a Derby and uh, the ones I'd love to go to well, the, the best Derby in the world seems to be the Super Classico which is Boca Juniors River Plate the Bombonera the Chocolate Box in uh, Buenos Aires it seems to be the one but also Barcelona Real Madrid I've never been to and I've never been to um, old firm and I'd love to go to Galatasaray Fenerbahce because that seems to be absolutely mental yeah I've been to games in Turkey I was at a pre-season game in Turkey like another level unbelievable like really really unbelievable and uh, the the further sort of east you go in Europe the atmosphere is better and that's I, I definitely love to go to an Istanbul derby OK, uh, scores from the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool now 3-2 up against Brighton with that own goal from Adam Webster after Brighton were 2 nil up early doors. So Liverpool have done well to come back in that one. Southampton won Everton 2. Connor Cody and Dwight McNeil putting the Toffees in front. 77 minutes on the watch at St Mary's. Fulham nil, Newcastle 4. Fulham reduced to 10 early doors and that was it for them really. Crystal Palace won, Chelsea won. Not the best of starts for Graham Potter. Uh, Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil and earlier Arsenal going four points clear at the top. 3-1 win over Spurs in the North London Derby. Emerson sent off for Spurs in the Championship. Right now, Blackburn 2, Millwall 0. Blackpool 0, Norwich 1. Bristol City 1, QPR 2. Cardiff 0, Burnley 1. It is Coventry 1, Middlesbrough 0. Reading 2, Huddersfield 0. Rotherham 0, Wigan 1. Sheffield United 1, Birmingham 1. Sunderland 0, Preston 0. West Brom 2, Swansea 2. Latest scores in Scotland. Celtic are leading Motherwell 2-1. Hearts nil Rangers four result. Aberdeen four Kilmarnock one is the latest score. Dundee United nil St Johnston two the latest. Ross County nil Hibernian one and St Mirren one Livingston nil. Off the ball Saturday on News Talk and Football Saturday. Back after this. Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports in studio. Shane Hannan of OTB AM, our presenter of our digital show, a breakfast show in the mornings, and Shane Keegan, the co Ramblers boss, and on the line, the broadcaster and journalist. Johnny Ward on Football Saturday, 53106 for your texts. Just before we get to football, going through sports news. And the Dunhill links round three. Richard Mansell, 15 under par leads after round three by four shots from Alex Noren and Daniel Gavins and Ryan Fox. Wonderful stuff from Patrick Harrington. Tie for 11th, 69 today, seven under par. Rory McElroy is six under with uh, Shane Lowry and Jonathan Caldwell set to miss the cut. In terms of the Formula One, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc took pole after a gripping qualifying at the Singapore Grand Prix. Max Verstappen finished only eighth. Red Bulls Verstappen appeared to have the pace to take pole, but he abandoned his penultimate lap after an error, was then told urgently to pit before finishing his final one. He swore over the radio saying, I don't get it, what are you saying? It was later confirmed Verstappen was short of fuel. Team boss Christian Horner said over the radio they would talk about it afterwards, his point being no one would then be listening. And Leclerc beat Verstappen's teammate Sergio Perez by 0.022 seconds with Mercedes Lewis Hamilton in third. In the Premier League, Liverpool leading 3-2 against Brighton. Southampton won Everton 2. Fulham nil, Newcastle 4. Crystal Palace won Chelsea 1. Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil. All latest scores. 5-3-1-0-6 for your texts. At a cost of 30 cent on Derby's. 
best uh, derby atmosphere well I was at the Rome derby and at the Milan derby Rome derby was just mad and crazy second one was boring surprising because normally it's such a high scoring game but only 1-0 when I was there Vieri scored for Inter says one of our textures another one was at the Super Classico with the Bombonera in 2010 Boca Vie River unfortunately the game lasted only 10 minutes due to torrential rain a bit like a Shane Hannon story <laughs> nevertheless it was so intense quite a spectacle despite two hours of queuing security checks beforehand and another one of our textures I went to the Boca River game with the Bombonera crazy game was in the hooligan stand that's some way of putting it uh, cops on horses at the back of it had to leave as Boca were losing they were going to go loco as I was walking out they leveled to win the tie cue happy madness says Barry in Kilkenny Johnny Ward you are at Derry uh, Pats last night not exactly uh, Boca River but um, interesting nonetheless um, yeah, it was it was very very interesting, JD. It was a game Derry City effectively needed to win uh, in the sense of the title race. I think Shamrock Rovers have been fighting the war on three fronts of late, and it it might be uh, kind of shown in their performances. And Derry just uh, with the points that they have, they kind of did need to win, despite the fact Pats have been in great form. And uh, it was a very good performance. They uh, they coughed up hardly any chances. Pats hit the post and had a shot from a header from a corner or from a set piece. But other than that, Derry were good in general play. Um, and a couple of signings that Roy Higgins made, key and including Kavanaugh, who got the goal. And this gives Derry a chance. They now have Shamrock Rovers uh, away from home in one of the last games of the season. And if they win the remaining games, which I think they very much possibly could, the pressure is on Shamrock Rovers. They go to Sligo tonight, JD. Massive game for them now they probably do need to win just to give themselves a bit of breathing space um, I know you mentioned uh, one of the texts mentioned Jack Byrne Jack Byrne is having a little bit of a struggle for form I would argue at the moment he's um you know, probably needs to pick up a little bit of interest, see how he gets on tonight. But Derry are a massively emerging force, and I think Shane Keegan will agree with me on this that uh, they're major title contenders next season, even if they don't win it this season. Yeah, um, look, John of Amonesters, if you had told me with five games to go that Derry would be two points behind Shamrock Rovers, I, I would have said, well, I did say, not I would have said, I, 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 I kind of publicly said at the start of the season that I thought Rovers would win this league at a canter, at a canter. And look, they should, all things being equal, they should still win it, you know. Now, look, if they're beating It would tonight, be three in a row, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, they've won the last two, haven't they, Johnny, at this stage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, has that been done since the 80s, Johnny? Is that right? Since uh, the, the Yeah, end? I guess Rovers are probably the last team. Um, and yeah. one of those one of those uh, leagues was kind of the short season, which uh, they would have won it anyway. But they, it, it's going to be interesting, JD, because it, 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 me, it to me looks like their, their punishing schedule just might be catching up with them a bit. They, they've had... Their last game was against UCD Monday night, but they weren't great. But they won. They've had Brighton have scored. It's they've scored. Oh, it's wow. three three. Now we'll wait and see what happens here. But uh, it's coming through on the screen. Unbelievable. Leandro Trossard hat trick. <laughs> what a what a day. Who's the last away player to score a hat trick at Anfield? That is a great question, Shane. <clears throat> that's some that's some, that's some afternoon for Leandro Trossard. Johnny, what uh, what what happened at the end of the game? <laughs> I was looking, there was, was it, seven yellow cards and two red cards in injury time. Yeah, so the, it went into about eight minutes of injury time. And obviously Chris Forrester, who was probably lucky really uh, not to have been sent off a few minutes earlier, he saw his, uh, he, he got sent off. Both teams ended up with 10 men. And it was strange because it didn't seem to be that type of game really in general. It was, uh, you know, it was fairly well-mannered. It was obviously a big game for both sides, but it did unravel a bit at the end. And um, maybe it was, uh, there was a challenge by Graydon on Gravosti, I think. And there was kind of a bit of needle after that. And Derry Tomney obviously had a tough enough night. But uh, yeah, 
it was it was a performance from Derry. I think that they won't uh, overly worry about it too much. But for Pats, you know, they're battling to finish uh, third, and Chris Forrester getting sent off is not ideal at all. Andre Arshavin, I think, was course, the last yeah. one. Oh yeah, he scored four goals at Anfield, didn't he? I'd say it was four. Yeah, I think Peter and loved it as well in the nineties. There's <laughs> uh, yeah. a blast from the past. I remember, was it Ray Stubbs sang um, on Fantasy Football? The in love. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you watch Fantasy Football? Oh yeah. It was a brilliant, brilliant show. show. Brilliant. Loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. Loved it. yeah, great show. And Sato in the um was it the pajamas and everything and Skinner and Badil and everything else. It was I, I thought they were a bit cruel to Saint and Greaves, you know, but um there you go. And Jason Lee wasn't it as well. Yeah, really? the pineapple that was a bit when you think about it, it wouldn't happen now. I don't think it would happen now. Yeah, it happened on social media. Yeah, and well it probably that's where it did my great to, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but um the the Peter and Love stuff was funny. And then Jeff Astle sings poor old Jeff Astle who passed away. Um, yeah, so we got a title race in our hands. Uh, in terms of the other clubs, uh, anything to, to discuss around the other clubs? Uh, obviously, Pat's doing well, Dundalk, uh, Bohemians. Yeah, Bo- Bo's uh, won last night. They're in transition. Uh, we had Keith Long on our podcast during the week. I thought he spoke very well, and it was just uh, a point he made about when the, the, the Bose fans started turned early in the season and just in relation to Harry Maguire. I thought it stuck with me. He said, I've never seen a player who's improved by being abused by supporters at a match mm-hmm. and you can imagine what it's like for Harry Maguire but Bowes in any, way, in any sense are playing out the season uh, it was a massive win for Dundalk JD they, they've kind of gone on the most patchy run of form that they've been on under Stephen O'Donnell beat draw to 2-0 and there are battles on for third and fourth there UCD uh, and Harps in the battle uh, not to finish bottom Harps got a one-all draw against Shells um, but all eyes now on Sligo tonight if Sligo can do Derry a favour we're going to have a very interesting run in uh, we have West Ham against Wolves at half five. The teams are in. Lucas Fabianski in goal. Uh, for the Hammers, we have across the back, uh, Craig Dawson, Kurt Zuma, uh, Thilo Kerrer and Aaron Cresswell. Uh, Rice and Socek, as you'd expect in the pivot. Then we have uh, Jared Bowen, um, Lucas Paqueta, the Brazilian international, and Maxwell Cornet. So an interesting, uh, kind of a different three there for West Ham and uh, Gianlucas Camaca up front. So uh, Moyes kind of changing his forward players in the team. Wolves can't score goals. We all know that. Jose Saz in goal for them. They have uh, obviously Collins injured, uh, suspended now, isn't he, for the um, tackle on Grealish. So he's not involved this evening. So it's Nelson Semedo, Max Kilman, uh, Johnny and uh, Ryan Atnuri across the back. Then we have in midfield, uh, Mateus Nunes, Ruben Neves and Jamutinho. And then in the four positions, uh, Pedro Neto, Daniel Podence and Gonzalo Guedes. Uh, Connor Ronan is on the bench for Wolves. Uh, no Connor Coventry involved in the West Ham squad. Oh, it was a heartbreaker, wasn't it, for the under-21s, lads? Oh. Absolutely good wrenching it really, really was. It's it's probably the only time I've ever been sitting in a stadium watching yeah. a game elsewhere on my phone. Um look there was a huge there was actually a huge crowd in in the bar. That's where I was. Watching yeah. were you in watching yeah, around yeah. the bar? I, I had a couple of young fellas with me, so I, I couldn't do that. So I just had it up on the phone when I was sitting. That's in confirmed the by the way that the hat trick for Leander Trossard three all Liverpool Brighton. Oh, that's a killer. Um yeah, look, they've had a brilliant campaign, absolutely brilliant campaign, and, and there's some cracking young players in there um that will have been benefited from the campaign they had but you know to experience of a major tournament would have been you know fantastic what? for them it really would I was so interested to see Jim Crawford talking before the game about the t- fact that the entire squad of 24 or 5 had practiced penalties and they practiced them in Dublin as opposed to over in Tel Aviv just in case there was any spies watching their, their every move but the Israeli keeper obviously had his notes anyway and, and done his research but the penalties were Atrocious. When were they not just a sign of a tired team? That's what I, I don't buy that at all. I think no. I, like, I, and I don't, I don't. Penalties. Anyone who says penalty shootouts are a lottery. Uh, that's the most ridiculous thing you could possibly say. Penalties are a skill that you can practice and become better at. Like that's a fact. 
Like even I, I like the way you said that. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. But our, our own club, we, we had a penalty shootout there uh, the other week. And if we lost against Cootail Harps from on in town, at a much <laughs> smaller it. level, if we had lost that, uh, you, you couldn't have any complaints because it's, it's, it's a skill. You should be practising penalties. You, you, you can, can make yourself better. You, you can practice the technique, of course you can. But how do you practice your legs the not pressure. turning into jelly? Yeah, and you can practice the press, the element of pressure as well. But you can make your technique better, and that's that's going to improve your percentages. Anyone who's into mathematics will enjoy the the fact that <laughs> practicing is going to improve your percentages and improve your chance of scoring. You, yeah, you can't you can't practice the, the the legs going to jelly, and you can't practice the pressure. And Jim Crawford, to be fair to him, said the team had practiced, so you can't hold that against them. But they were terrible well, penalties. Well, what is practice? Is it like is it just a group of fellas standing around and, and t- like for me like if you're if you're England right and you're heading into a World Cup where there's a hell of a chance you're going to face at least one yeah, right? yeah. To, to build on what you've said about it, there being a bit of a science to it right mm-hmm. like I think if I'm Gareth Southgate you go out and you get your man like Dave Alred in yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean yeah, a, a guy who literally studies it as a profession 100%. you get him in and you literally get him to give a class on it and do whatever he can to talk to him about technique yeah, and yeah. trying to create the whole lot um, like at that level if I'm, if I'm Louis van Gaal before the World Cup I'm bringing Ruud van Nistelrooy into the camp for a day to show the lads penalties just penalties that's it for a couple of hours and the way you practice it you take a ball and you, you take you have 20 or 30 penalties against a goalkeeper at the end of training session uh, once a week for, for four or five weeks building up to a tournament or whatever it is and then you'd be much improved Jeez, you, may bring, you may bring a few goalkeepers <laughs> a few goalkeepers what's that Johnny? At, at, at the standard of professional footballers it is strange how many penalties are missed because from that range with the technique that you have and with your pressure, ability to just pressure, basically put pressure, the ball pressure, it's pressure, pressure yeah and it's pressure. <laughs> it should be like should should nine out of ten nine out of ten penalties should go in whereas I think it's a lot closer to seven yeah. uh, it's just it's a it's a strange one. Yeah, and keepers looked at the Israeli keeper seemed to be coming off his line from what I could gather a little bit as well, make narrowing the at the angle, and you can't you can't blame him because if he's not caught for doing that, then then it's not his fault. But uh, and I guess goalkeepers are practicing penalties as well. To be fair, it's, it it goes both ways. Do you know that guy Ricardo for Portugal against England was it? I, the uh, gloves off. Uh, I don't know. Um, Five three one zero six. Uh, supposedly Harry Kane picks where he's going with a penalty on a Monday. Sh- uh, should he get one at the weekend? Well, Kane's brilliant. Uh, he like, practices that penalty all week with no change in his mind. Says one of our textures on five three one zero six. Our Liam George and the lads, the last to win a shootout of, of note in an Irish kit. Says another of our textures. Um, I suppose we had so few shootouts, haven't we, at international yeah. level? Like it's just. I remember that one actually? Liam I agree with you, too. Shane. Actually, I, I do think I know we're going to reel that thing that it's a fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think it is a skill but it's, uh, it's Robbie Brady I had an absolute I had a, just you just know by certain fellas and their stance before they kick it Robbie Brady was always going to score that penalty because he's, he's got a great strike of a ball he looks like he's a man who practices penalties if I don't know if Conor Hurran or someone else was standing over that penalty Jeff Hendrick I wouldn't have been as confident penalty, Shane like what did he do that penalty was a weekly hit shot uh, that wasn't exactly in the corner yeah, but like, you, so can, you can eyeball you can eyeball a goalkeeper mm. when you're standing over a penalty and, and make him think and the shape of your body as well when you're running up like mm. I don't know I, I, sound like from ex- I'm, I sound like an expert talking here because yeah. I, I hit penalties at a very oh. junior level but it, it's, it's just Shane Hannels penalties challenge <laughs> yeah. in bookshops now yeah not quite a bit of a Nitzloy's level but it's, it's something that I just I hate hearing the oh sure it's a lottery you know and it's oh, a oh, terrible, well, t- well, terrible well. way for a team to go out it is of course a terrible way to lose but it's a brilliant way to win 
and it's also you can also have no complaints. I think as a losing team, I don't know. Like, do you would you have practiced in before a cup game, Shane, with with Cove or you know Galway over the years or other Dundalk? Do you practice? Is it natural? Seriously taken thing? Yeah, you would. I just I just think what qualifies as practice or what we claim yeah. as practice yeah. is you know a couple of lads hanging around for ten minutes at the end of the stage <laughs> session and and smacking a few penalties. Like yeah, I yeah. don't think that's that's not proper practice for me it's not what it's not going to be enough for a team heading into a world cup or, or anything like that yeah. um, I'm, what nearly interests me more is is everything that goes around goes on now around the preparation of the goalkeeper like Gary Rogers was religious about it with Dundalk I yeah. had to send Gary Rogers any penalty ever taken by any goal player who was likely to be in the starting 11 against us in any game domestically or in Europe Gary Rogers needed it, every single one of them on a, on a playlist so that he could go through them and yeah. see whether they were right left all that kind of crap that's the way the goalkeeper should approach it and Gary I know Gary was in the, the Monaghan backroom team for a year or two as well uh, of late in the, the senior football team not anymore but that's why goalkeepers get jobs like that in, in coaching soccer teams or Gaelic football teams because they are it's attention to detail Gary was one of those probably to tick those boxes oh, practised everything um, but yeah it just it grinds my gears John I Okay, say. Just Michael Obafemi with the winner there John just to throw it at you and Chelsea have scored away to Crystal Palace 2-1 they've scored late on so uh, we'll bring you the score just the last text of the day Aaron you get the last word does Kenny deserve some criticism for not releasing the 5 or 6 players who were eligible to play for the 21 surely qualifying for those championship finals would have uh, done more for the national team's development than worrying about Armenia Obafemi winner you said yeah. uh, Connor Gallagher has scored for Chelsea I believe that's his first goal since his return um, if possibly his first goal ever and it's a bit of a painful one for him possibly because it's against his uh, club he did so well at the last season Conor Gatter 2-1 for Chelsea now Johnny thanks so much for today yeah just uh, Shane mentioned there that is a big goal Obafemi back among the goals and a winner mm. that's a massive goal confidence is back just look absolute screamer from Conor Gallagher from outside the area into the top corner for Chelsea they lead 2-1 it is still Liverpool 3 Brighton 3 Southampton 1 Everton 2 is a result uh, Fulham 1 Newcastle 4 is latest Bournemouth nil Brentford nil uh, thanks so much Shane and Shane Shane Keegan Shane Hannan cheers John cheers John and yeah so Swansea 3 West Brown 2 with that Obafemi uh, goal at uh, Hawthorns uh, Sunderland nil Preston nil uh, has finished uh, Sheffield United 1 Birmingham 1 the latest Rotherham nil Wigan 2 uh, Reading 3 Huddersfield 1 is a full time uh, Burnley uh, and Cardiff 1 all in Cardiff Coventry 1 Middlesbrough nil the latest the latest score Bristol City 1 QPR 2 and Blackpool nil Norwich 1 is finished and also Blackburn 2 Millwall 1 is the latest in Scotland Rangers beat Hearts 4 nil earlier on Celtic have defeated Motherwell by two goals to one that's it folks thanks so much for listening on your radio and news talk today appreciate all the messages we got this afternoon don't forget we're back tomorrow from 1 to 7 here on news talk and off the ball Joe Malloy in the chair will showcase two live and exclusive commentary games in the Premier League first up at two City versus United in the Manchester Derby Nathan Murphy and Brian Kerr will call that one from the Etihad Stadium then Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham will describe the action between Leeds and Aston Villa from half four we'll also have the Sunday paper review across our digital and social channels from half eleven be sure to join us tomorrow for some great commentaries and conversation if you missed any of our tribute to the Dublin Gaelic football legend Brian Mullins with Barney Rock and Tommy Drum or interviews with Paul O'Donovan and Vicky Wall or any of OTB Football Saturday as well with uh, Shane Keegan Shane Hannan and Johnny Ward you can find the podcasts of our content on the OTB Sports app or be sure to listen back, folks, wherever you get your pods. Thanks so much for listening on your radio across News Talk today. We'll speak tomorrow from One with Joe. Until then, bye-bye. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports.